Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. Welcome. Uh, You can text the word show to 444-999 if you want to listen to my interview with Clay Tippins. We will put it on the podcast. You'll be able to subscribe to it and listen to the whole interview. We've got to move on to the immigration fight and a couple of items of related breaking news. Uh, Mayor Bottoms here in Atlanta has uh, ordered the jail in Atlanta to refuse new ICE detainees, uh, illegal aliens. Uh, Not that there's a big issue here in Atlanta. Uh, The president has ordered families kept together. They expect a lawsuit because under a consent decree entered by Bill Clinton in the 90s, you can't keep kids in detainment, whether they're with their parents or not, for more than 20 days. Uh, So they're expecting a lawsuit on this front for that to happen. There's the Flores consent decree. You will be hearing more about, I'm sure. And ultimately what we are seeing is Democrats um, is trying to make the case that you cannot be prosecuted for entering this country illegally. And this becomes a problem, I think, politically for the Democrats. And it's kind of the president kind of created a crisis to not let it go to waste. And it kind of blew up in Republicans faces. But I wonder how long it is before the Democrats overplay their hands on this, because uh, close to 50 percent of of Americans, a clear plurality at 48 percent of Americans uh, believe that people who enter the country legally should be prosecuted, even if they're kept together as a family. That is what the president believes. So you've got 48% of the United States right now of the position, and by the way, it's only 17, 18% believe that there should never be prosecutions for crossing the uh, into the country illegally. You, you got 48% of the country with the president of the United States on this issue. They opposed separating families at the border. They opposed separating parents from kids. A clear majority of Americans opposed that. But 48% of the country says you should be prosecuting people for crossing into the country illegally. That's a plurality of Americans when, when the opposition to that is only at 17, 18%. The rest of the people don't really know what you should do. That's a pretty big deal. But the president has now issued this executive order. Congress still has to act. Y'all, there's a larger issue here that we, we need to note, and that is the presidency is too powerful. And you should never give the president 
more power than you want the president you're opposed to to have. Republicans right now are kind of fine with a an all-powerful presidency, and they shouldn't be because the future Democrat will build on his precedents in the same way Donald Trump has built on the precedents of the Democrats. It's a real issue, real concern, and Congress still needs to act and solve this issue. The primary reason Congress needs to solve this issue is because you do have the Flores consent decree from the, the 90s where you cannot hold a child in detainment for more than 20 days, whether the child is with the parent or without a parent. There is a federal law that you cannot prosecute a um, parent without separating the parent from the child. So the president is bringing into conflict a consent decree and a law for his executive order. They expect to get sued on this. Congress still has to solve this issue. And it seems like Congress has forgotten how to use the muscles of, of passing laws. What we have in the United States right now is a Congress of the United States that goes on TV and pontificates on what should happen and what the president should do when Congress itself is the first article of the Constitution. Maybe we need to swap it out and put the president as the first article of the Constitution. Maybe, just maybe. Um, points to ponder. But there's a bigger issue what's happening today around the country, a violent situation growing. So, y'all, we've heard now for the last 72 hours or so, Democrats saying this is Nazism. The president separating kids from their families, that it's Nazism. It's not, by the way. It, it's not actually what they're doing is is not Nazism. And to the extent that kids are being detained at the border, this was a bipartisan bill passed by Congress and the Bush administration to fight human trafficking. You may not like the way President Trump is is enforcing it, but it's not Nazism. Uh, you do not know Nazism if that's what you think this is. Uh, you're a dumb person if that's what you think this is. I mean, that's just it. If, if you if you think that the president of the United States is engaged in Nazism, you are a dumb, unserious person. And that is a fact. And you may not like that fact, but that is a fact. Facts are facts. And it is truth that if you think what the president is doing is Nazism, you're dumb. You are. But what is also a reality is that the left is engaging in legitimate fascistic tactics. Harnessing the mob to intimidate private citizens and unelected officials is what the fascists did in Italy. It is what the Nazi youth did with the rise of Nazis in Germany. If we're going to do Nazi comparisons, let's talk about left-wing reporters today putting the private home information of private citizens, including Stephen Miller from the White House, who is a private citizen, on the Internet so people can target him at his private home. Let's talk about the Democratic Socialists of America who stormed into a restaurant last night in Washington, D.C. to disrupt the dinner of the Secretary of Homeland Security, who is an unelected government official carrying out the president's orders as best she can. And they disrupted the dinner of everyone in the restaurant until she got up and left so that other dinner diners could eat. Let's talk about the people who have begun today putting up pictures of ICE agents and their home addresses and where their children go to school. Let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about that so that they can be harassed. You have Hollywood actors on social media today encouraging people to track down the children of ICE agents and kidnap them. 
You have Peter Fonda encouraging people to try to kidnap Baron Trump, the president's son. Folks, that is what actual fascists did when they came to power. That is actually what the Hitler Youth did when the Nazis came to power in Germany. They began by intimidating existing elected officials who were holding on to power. They harnessed the power of the mob to harass them and ultimately became violent against them and beat them. We've already seen this happening with elected Look what the, the left did with Ajit Pai of the FCC targeting his children, targeting him. Y'all, they're so busy calling the president a Nazi, they do not realize they've engaged in Nazi-like and fascistic uh, brown shirt tactics themselves. And they deny it because they believe that their cause is great. They believe they're stopping something. They believe this must be done. That's what the Nazis and the fascists did too. They believed in the moral cause. They believed their cause was moral. And so they didn't have think twice about showing up at restaurants and dragging officials in Germany in the 1930s or in Italy out of restaurants and beating them to a bloody pulp. They didn't think twice about showing up at people's homes in the middle of the night and harassing them. They didn't think twice about showing up at government facilities and targeting government employees. They did that. All you got to do is read a little bit of history. But we know that the progressives in this country really tend to not pay attention to history. So history repeats itself regularly. Y'all, this is no, it is an exaggeration to say the president is a Nazi because you disagree with this policy. I disagree with this policy. I think it's an immoral policy. I disagree with it. I don't think he's a Nazi. But targeting individuals, targeting government agents, targeting ICE agents, encouraging the kidnapping of their children, this is not good stuff. You can hate the president's policy, but you should hate this too. It's not binary. This is an and situation, not an or situation. Behold the healing power of and here. The president's policy is bad and mobs harassing private citizens. That's bad, too. I take this one personally because I've had the mob show up at my house to threaten me and my family before. You can be dismissive of it until it happens to you. But that behavior is bad and that it's becoming normalized on the left makes me think that James Hodgkinson, who tried to mass assassinate Republicans at a, at a baseball game, that that's not an anomaly. That's the beginning of something. That's a dangerous, dangerous thing that's happening. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank. And it's sometimes very difficult, and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the Internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. 
Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It is Eric Erickson here, 25 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Let's go to the phones. Thomas and McDonough, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Fine. My question is, is it a felony or a misdemeanor if you're convicted of crossing the border illegally? It is a misdemeanor. Um, I want to say the fourth time you do it, it becomes a felony. First three times a misdemeanor then wouldn't it be simple to amend the law to make it a felony? That way, if they cross the border, if they're convicted of a felony, they would not be allowed to vote in the future nor purchase firearms. Well, yeah, except they can't vote anyway or or get a firearm since they're not an American citizen. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yep. That, yeah. So they, they wouldn't be able to do that anyway. Maybe... Make it a felony. He said the problem is you make it a felony and they go to jail. I mean, you don't want them to go to jail. You want them to go back to their own country. So that complicates the problem. Uh, back to the phones. Pat in Woodstock. Welcome. Hi. I have a question. Why is it that you and several others that I hear call it the president's policy when it's not his policy, it's the law of the land? Well, the children, if it was the law of the land, uh, if it was the law of the land, the president couldn't sign an executive order uh, to stop it. Um, So, yes, there is a law uh, about detainment. Uh, The law applies to unaccompanied minors. It doesn't apply to minors accompanied with their parents. Uh, It only applies to minors accompanied with their parents if the parents are being prosecuted for crossing the border. Uh, the president's policy uh, was to prosecute the parents for crossing the border and detain them instead of doing catch and release what Obama d- did. And as a result of that, this has become the president's policy where the kids are separated from the parents. Uh, it, it is the president's policy. Let, let me let me make sure everyone understands this so we're all on the same page. If a child, if there is an unaccompanied minor coming to this country, that minor is detained by the government. This is a law signed by George W. Bush. If a child comes with the parents, the Obama administration engaged in catch and release, essentially put a collar on their leg and gave them a court date. Then they'd cut the collar off once they were gone, the ankle bracelet. What brought, what Donald Trump decided to do and what his policy has become is to do strict maximum enforcement where you detain everyone and charge the parents with a crime then and there. And in charging the parents with a crime then and there, you begin the the deportation prosecution proceeding, charging them with a misdemeanor and then deporting them once they're found guilty of the misdemeanor. That required separation. That is the president's policy to do, the zero-tolerance policy. That's not the law. The law gives the president the discretion to do that but doesn't require him to do that. The president decided he would do it, and so that's why we say his policy. It was his policy to do zero tolerance, not what the law required.
Oh, hey, actor Peter Fonda has now deleted his series of tweets from this morning. The one advocating the kidnapping and raping of the president's 11-year-old son. The one advocating the kidnapping of Sarah Sanders' kids. And the one saying the Secretary of Homeland Security should be caged, naked, and raped in public while being filmed. Hey, mighty classy of him to finally delete them. I suspect Twitter had something to do with that. Y'all, listen, my apologies to those of you on hold. You're going to need to wait a minute because I'm getting yelled at by several friends and listeners and, and folks that I'm saying this is president's policy, that it's not the policy, it is the law. And I guess I need to explain this because, listen, I, I, I realize that there are a number of people who have told you that the president has no discretion, that the reason he was separating the parents from the kids is because he had no discretion and he was finally following a law that Barack Obama refused to follow. Uh, I've heard that as well. Here is the truth, and if you don't want to believe me, go. you can go read the laws yourself. I'm, I'm not trying to spin you on this. I'm trying to tell you what the law actually is. The president has discretion on whether, whether he immediately rounds up and prosecutes individuals for the crime of illegal entry, or whether he engages in essentially catch and release, what Obama did, where the Obama administration ticketed people, gave them a court date, fitted them with an ankle collar, and then sent them on their way. Many of them then broke off the ankle collars. If the president decides to exercise zero tolerance and charge everyone with a crime, then yes, the president has to put the kids somewhere while he sends the parents to federal detention because it is against federal law for children to be placed in federal detention facilities, prisons. They have to go somewhere. And the law has also says that those children have to be processed within 20 days and removed from those detainment facilities within 20 days. The president, though, this is why I say policy, the president made the choice to exercise zero tolerance. He did not have to do that. The president decided to do that to generate a crisis so that Congress would act and, in the president's mind, go on and do the funding for the wall on the argument that once you built the wall— then you wouldn't be separating families because they couldn't get over. And that is a legitimate fair point. And I believe that Congress should fund the wall. But the reason this is not a matter of the president enforcing the law and he has no discretion is because the law does give the president discretion. It gives the president discretion to engage in the catch and release program that George W. Bush and Barack Obama and Bill Clinton did or to exercise zero tolerance. George W. Bush and Barack Obama exercised zero tolerance at certain parts of the border. And the reason that they exercised it at certain parts of the border was to incentivize illegal aliens going to other places. Oftentimes, for example, George W. Bush exercised zero tolerance in particular parts of the border during the summer where he actually didn't want the illegal aliens to die in the American desert. And so by exercising zero and zero tolerance there, he knew that would encourage them to go to other places to cross the border. 
They did not, he nor Barack Obama, neither one of them exercised zero tolerance across the entire border, across the entire Rio Grande. Now, you can say that all the president's doing is enforcing the law, and that's true. The president is just enforcing the law. The issue, however, is that the president had discretion under this law he's enforcing of whether or not to exercise zero tolerance or not. Other presidents did in different locations on the border. This president decided to do it across the entire border. It was his policy to exercise zero tolerance and his policy to exercise it across the entire border. Yes, he's enforcing the law, but that law allows the president discretion in the extent to which he engages in zero tolerance, if at all. I can't make it any more clear to you, and if you disagree with me, you're not disagreeing with me or my interpretation of the law. You're actually disagreeing with the plain text of the law that you yourself can go look up. If you want to go look up the law for yourself, uh, look up 8 U.S.C. 1101. 8 U.S.C. 1101 and start reading from there. Um, That is the Immigration and Nationality Act, um, not Naturalization Act, Nationality Act, Um, and it is where under there you will see about uh, how the president can handle these border crossings. It is one of the frustrations that I have and that most of you have that President Obama did not treat border crossings as a crime. I believe it should be a crime for anyone to cross into this country illegally. President Trump believes it as well. The question then is, once you treat it as a crime, what do you do? Do you tell them to show up at a court date or do you put them in federal detainment? And President Trump put them in federal detainment and has decided to take it seriously and has separated the families. But that's a policy judgment on his part. It's not mandated by the law that he do that, and there is a profound difference. What Barack Obama did is he treated it as not necessarily an immediate law-breaking matter. What he did is gave them the court date, and if they didn't show up at the court date, then that became the problem. Not the crossing of the country, but the failing to show up at court was the problem. But they knew that these people were going to cut off their ankle bracelets and disappear. That's why all the people out there right now saying, just put them on an ankle bracelet. That's why they're not being serious, because there was a high number. And so the question then becomes what you do. And I believe you should detain these people, but you should detain them with their kids, not separate the kids from the family. That's not good, given what we know were the high rates of abuse of these kids during the Obama administration. And it's not like the president has a brand new border patrol and a brand new ICE. These are the same bureaucrats. And they're the same bureaucrats who are engaging in abusive children under Barack Obama. They're still there. That's why it's not a good idea to separate the kids from the parents. It's kind of funny. I can tell I'm getting exhausted from having this immigration discussion because friends of mine are emailing, what about stuff I talked about the other day? And I'm starting to get aggravated that I've already talked about that. Um, But nonetheless, it it probably is, if I'm getting this many emails and and tweets about it, it is worth uh, reviewing this and and reminding people that there there is and was a legitimate reason for separating kids from adults at the border. And the left doesn't want to talk about it, and it is part of the Bush-era law on human trafficking. Uh, You do have kids who are being brought across the border, and they are victims of human trafficking, and you do need to assess 
whether or not they really are, um, whether or not they legitimately are their parents. I talked to Michelle Rickett about this uh, from She is Safe, which is an international human trafficking. Uh, I'd call them crime fighting, but it's, they go around the world fighting human trafficking. And we do have a problem with human trafficking at the border that the government does have a legitimate interest in trying to stop. The um, incidence of human trafficking is extremely high among the immigrant population. And uh, most every traffic victim in the United States, an immigrant, comes here believing that they're going to have a better life. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but often when they arrive, it's a bait and switch. Their passport, their identity papers are taken from them. They are told that they owe a huge debt. And if they go to law enforcement, they will ta- be taken into custody. Their family back home will be harmed. But as we talked about earlier, there are also lots of U.S. citizens, lots of kids, boys, girls, men and women, but particularly uh, boys and girls who are most at risk of trafficking because they're perhaps in a vulnerable situation like I was, where you're having a lot of difficulty and you're a teen and you start thinking, wow, I think I could do better on my own. It's a legitimate issue and the government needs to to stamp it out. Uh, And that's one reason why they were separating kids from families at the border. If you want to hear the rest of my interview with Michelle Rickett, uh, text the word family to 345-345. Text family to 345-345. I'll send you back the link uh, at CRTV. It was a great interview about the work they do and this issue of human trafficking. When we come back, I'll start taking your phone calls, 404-7500. I'm getting the phone number wrong. I'm sorry. My brain's fried after all this immigration conversation. Just call. Figure out the number yourself. I sure am glad we're back from commercial break because otherwise I'd have to sit here with these two clowns in studio talking about pipes versus cigars. Good grief. (laughs) I have in-studio guests. They largely tuned me out to talk about such an esoteric topic. And I almost gave out my phone number, my home phone number at the end of the last hour. And I didn't, luckily. For I did. I caught myself. But you can call in 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I will take your phone calls. In fact, we may just go with your phone calls this hour because I honestly, I am tired of talking about the Inspector General report and I'm tired of talking about the immigration report. There, the immigration stuff, there's so much more that's happening in the world out there, and the American media is obsessed with these things. And I am really what I am paying attention to more than anything is not the immigration story, but the increasing violence from the left in protest of this showing up, uh, ruining people's dinners, uh, doxing that is uh, releasing on the Internet the home information of ICE agents and their photos and their family photos and things like that. I, 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 terrible, terrible Situation And, of course, the left excuses this all because they wrap themselves in a veil of morality. And when you wrap your cause in a veil of morality, you're willing to do things. I mean, look at the people who kill abortion doctors. They wrap their cause in a veil of morality. And they believe their cause is righteous. The extermination of the abortion doctor is is righteous. The extermination of the child is not. Let's go kill abortion doctors. That's what they rationalize. Um, separating kids from their parents is Nazism, and we've got to stamp out Nazism. Therefore, our cause is moral to go stamp out the people that we believe are Nazis. This is a dangerous road 
that the political left in America is going down. And I'm much more fascinated by this topic right now because it, it's increasing. James Hodgkinson, who tried to mass assassinate members of Congress, seems to be the beginning, not the anomaly. Now, that all said, how about I take phone calls? People have been waiting very patiently. Uh, Aram of, in Swanee, welcome to the program. Hey, Eric. Hi um, there. My, my, my question is, like, why is illegal immigration is getting, like, all the attention, whereas, like, legal immigrants like me who are waiting in line for getting green cards for decades are not uh, getting any attention? That is actually a very good question, and honestly, it is because you're complying with the law. Uh, and you're not necessarily a natural constituency for the Democrats. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the the illegal immigration in this country is such a big issue because the Democrats see a constituency group they can bring into their party uh, by getting these people into the country and making them citizens. Now, there's a catch here. I realize there are a lot of Republicans who agree with the Democrats on this issue and think we got to stop these people becoming citizens because they're going to be a natural constituency for the Democrats. But if you talk to Democratic consultants, uh, privately, they'll be very behind the scenes honest that long-term Hispanic immigration into this country is not really a good idea for their party. Short-term it is. Long-term, though, the longer a Hispanic family stays in the United States, the more likely they are to identify as Republicans, not as Democrats. Why? Because Hispanic voters tend to be the most pro-life, uh, anti-gay marriage constituency in the country. That is a simple truth. They are social conservatives, and long-term, that hurts the Democrats. But short-term, it's a huge issue for the Democrats because the Democrats know they don't have to solve the problem. They just have to keep it on the front burner and let Republicans fight amongst themselves because Republicans are divided over it. And as long as the Republicans are divided over it, the Democrats never have to address their own divisions. It is a total cynical political calculation by political interests in Washington, D.C., to keep this alive. And in the meantime, no one pays attention to legal immigrants. No one pays attention to the backlog. No one pays attention to green card holders. And Republicans would very much like to pay more attention to that issue, uh, but they can't because the Democrats are focused on the other and the media is Democrats. So the media focuses where the Democrats want. That's the reality of it. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Hey, can we talk about the politics of this just a minute? This is the first time Jamie Dupree and I were actually trading emails on this a little while ago. This is the first time President Trump has blinked. And he blinked after doubling down. And I, I got to wonder who's going to be fired for this. This afternoon, uh, some of the president's top supporters are blaming General Kelly, the White House chief of staff. Uh, suggesting they hope he's the fall guy. Corey Lewandowski is blaming General Kelly, which he himself last night on television, uh, Lewandowski did himself no favors. They were discussing a child with Down syndrome. Let me see real quick if I've got the audio here. Um, this is this is actually worth hearing. Um, the He was on TV with a Democrat who really isn't a great Democrat, uh, really is actually a terrible partisan hack, Zach uh, Pitcanis. And yet they had this exchange and kind of a terrible exchange for Lewandowski to say this on national television. Listen here. 
I mean, look, I, I read today about a 10-year-old uh, girl with Down syndrome who was taken from her mother and put in a cage. Wah, wah. I read about a, a, did you say want-want to a 10-year-old with Down syndrome what being I taken from her mother? Anything How you dare you? Up at the bottom yeah, and it went down the hill from there with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a 10-year-old with Down syndrome taken by ICE from her parents. And as he's telling this, Corey Lewandowski goes, want-want. Um, that's not good optics here. Now, listen, let's, let's, ICE has come out today and clarified that yes, they did take a Down syndrome child from her parents, but it had nothing to do with, um, this detention policy. It had to do with a separate policy, but for Lewandowski to do that on national television, it just gives more campaign fodder for Democrats headed into what we know is going to be a tight midterm election. The president picking this fight, getting – I mean, I I've, I can't tell you that I've got – we got people today calling and yelling at us that um, I'm saying this is the president's policy. It's not the policy. He's just enforcing the law, and Barack Obama didn't enforce the law, and that's not really the truth of the matter. It's more complex than that, and everybody's nailed it down to their talking point, and it's, it's not – so essentially now what people are saying, if they believed that the president was just enforcing the law, they're now saying the president's behaving just like Barack Obama, which that's not true either. But that that's where you get when you follow the logic of he was just enforcing the law. Uh, this is a much more complex issue than people want to make it out to be. And so many people are behaving terribly. And the media is already out to get Republicans. The media already hates Republicans. The media already wants the Democrats to take back Congress. And guys like Lewandowski going on TV just give Democrats ammunition for their commercials to solidify in people's minds that Republicans are bad on this issue. And you don't have to worry about the Republican base. You have to worry about the suburban districts, the the Georgia 6, uh, the Karen Handel's race, or Rob, Rob Woodall's race in Gwinnett County and the like. It's those districts where particularly suburban Republican women who are increasingly turned off by the president's behavior are thinking they're not going to go vote Democrat, but they may sit home. That hurts the Republican Party. The president picking this fight and then blinking does not help his party. Now, hopefully Republicans will come up with a solution. You know, I talked to a member of Congress this morning about this who's aggravated by it, doesn't doesn't think it's helpful, but he said the saving grace, and I think he's right on this, the saving grace is that we're 20 weeks from the election and we've got about 2 billion news cycles left to go. So by the time we get to October, November, this will be completely forgotten. We will be on to something else. And yeah, I think that is totally right. We will be moved on. Isn't that crazy how fast the news cycle runs? And yet we've talked about this issue for three days in a row. And before that, it was the inspector general. And I'm sure we'll go back to the inspector general as well. What a crazy news cycle, though. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank. And it's sometimes very difficult and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the Internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. 
It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. During the commercial breaks, I'm happy to answer the crucial questions of cooking. Um, Let's see, I've got the... Uh, what's the best to put around a brisket that you're smoking? Butcher paper or foil? I use butcher paper. You can use foil. I've got the how long did you smoke your brisket? Uh, it was 13 hours, um, an hour per pound. I've got the do you use butter or margarine for your brisket sauce? I can't remember. I use margarine. And cinnamon rolls, when should you start them? 8 p.m. the night before. Um I'm happy to answer all of your cooking questions, just not on the radio right now, because Charlie's in the room with me. If Charlie weren't in the room, I'd be happy to, but he's really close to me right now, and he's giving me this look that, oh, you should see. Okay, back to the phones, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. John in Buford, welcome. Hey, Eric. Uh, silly question for you, and I don't want to give Trump any more credit than he needs, but... Do you think he's playing the Dems on this one just simply because he, this whole thing uh, about the immigration came up and then with a stroke of a pen doing exactly what everyone has been asking for, he did it. Now he's taken essentially the wind out of their sails, but now they're arguing all over again. Now on Thursday, we have the Republicans up with a bill on immigration. Don't know where that's going to go. But if the Democrats at that point scream and yell saying that this is, you know, we're not going to sign it, blah, 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 blah. That's two things back to back that they're saying no to. He's saying yes to. And now is that in turn turning the ball into their court? I, you know, into Trump's court. Yeah, I I see where you're what you're saying here. I don't think he's playing the Democrats. Um, I, I think they had to extricate themselves from something. But I do think what's going to happen is that the Democrats can't help themselves and they're going to overplay their hand on this. Uh, The Republicans still want to push forward a clean, small bill to prevent this from happening and make it clear um, that the, the president can't separate families from kids at the border. But I suspect what you're going to see now are Democrats double down on this and say they shouldn't do this. They should have a comprehensive plan. And I again and again and again, kind of like with uh, Democrats and gun control these days, I think they're just going to completely overplay their hands on this. Uh, the president has, to some degree, given them a gift that they can use against him. And they're going to try to dial it up to 22 on a scale of 1 to 10, and it's going to blow up in their face as a result. Uh, and I'm kind of actually looking forward to watching that happen because the reason that we still have this fight over illegal immigration in this country 
is because the Democrats want to use it as a wedge issue. They don't actually want to solve the problem. They had the opportunity to solve the problem in 2009 and 2010 when it was still a huge issue after George W. Bush, and they refused to do it because they want the issue. And so they're gonna, it's going to blow up in their face again. Yes, as Chris Chandler was just saying, it is negative negative 71 degrees now in Atlanta, according to the thermometer here at WS. I have no idea, folks, none. They're they're doing renovations in the studios. Wires are crossed. It's all kind of odd. In any event, the phone number here, 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. Those are the numbers. Back to the folds we go. Johnny in Douglasville, welcome. Hi, how you doing, Eric? Good, how are you? Fine. I just want to make a comment. Uh, the problem is not illegal immigration. It's not the border wall. It's nothing like that. The problem is we need to get together and get behind and solve the problem of the corrupt government in Mexico and Central America. And I would be all for sending a force, a military force, to, su- to support the government of Mexico and Central America to get rid of the mafia and the drug cartels. And if you done that, there would be no more immigration problem. Oh, Johnny, I am glad you said that uh, because I've been talking about this for a while. Thank you very much for the phone call. I want to play you guys again a clip uh, from Ben Dominich on CBS's Face the Nation from Sunday about this very issue that Johnny's talking about. Listen to this. I certainly agree with Jeff when it comes to the ability of the administration to change this. But I think that we're kind of the focus on these kids, while I certainly understand it from a media perspective, is ignoring what is really driving these factors? Why do we have a 200% year-over-year increase in the, in the number of people coming across? Why do we have the biggest month-to-month increase between February and March that we've seen since 2011? And the answer to that is the activity of the Mexican cartels who use these migrants as, as essentially a distraction to clog systems as they are able to funnel things across the border. In the last week, we saw two more political candidates in Mexico murdered in broad daylight. One, a mayor running for Congress right across the Rio Grande. Uh, another, a mayor who you know has been a reformer fighting against the cartels. That brings the total to 113 political candidates in Mexico who have been murdered by the cartels uh, in less than a year. That Mexico's uh, political violence situation is uh, something that is not going to be solved when it comes to driving these types of migrations. Uh, and that's going to require things that I'm not sure the Congress is really willing to grasp with the kind of support and diplomacy uh, and activity to prevent uh, our southern neighbor from becoming a failed state. And I would just add, I, I don't know that it's just Congress. I, I think the American people who are going through this bit right now about being very anti-foreign aid, uh, it's less than 1% of the federal budget, but being very anti-foreign aid at a time that China recognizes how anti-foreign aid Americans are and are working very, very hard actually to supplement American foreign aid and, and get countries that had been fairly supportive of the United States into China's pocket. It's a real problem that people aren't talking about, uh, that needs to be talked about. Uh, On top of that, we have this issue with the Mexican state failing. It's not just Mexico. Uh, Guatemala has problems right now. Uh, Nicaragua has problems right now. Venezuela obviously has huge problems right now. Brazil does. Um, These are crumbling states. And the question is, 
the United States once had the Monroe Doctrine, where the rest of the world was told to leave the Western Hemisphere alone. Uh, we have largely abdicated that doctrine, and China is coming in and laying foundations across the Western Hemisphere to build an ally base in the West against the United States. And while that is happening, we've got this failed situation in Mexico where the government is literally failing. There are cities in Mexico that are forming their own governments, uh, not local governments. They're forming their own governments as if they were nation states, doing the things nation states should do to fight the drug cartel, to fight corruption, to fight crime. Uh, it is a very destabilized situation, and it doesn't get a lot of attention from the American media. One of the reasons it doesn't get a lot of attention from the American media is because reporters are being killed ruthlessly in Mexico, and American media outlets are not sending reporters to Mexico to tell the story because of that. They're putting their reporters in harm's way, and they'll put them in harm's way in Afghanistan or Iraq, but they won't do it in Mexico. The other reason they're not really telling the story is because it amplifies the message of people like President Trump, who say we do have a real border crisis, and, and that goes against the media narrative, and so they can't add facts that would, would confuse that. And that's just unfortunate. That's the reality of the situation. It's a terrible situation south of the border. Does anybody have any idea when Hattie Bees is going to open in Atlanta? Because I, I am in need of a Hattie B's fix, and I haven't been able to get to Nashville. And I really need Hattie B's to be open in Atlanta. If, if you haven't eaten at this restaurant, folks, um, it is – so Nashville has a traditional fried chicken dish. It's called hot chicken. And it's essentially while the chicken – when the chicken comes out of the grease – they add to the oil hot spices and dunk the chicken back in because, you know, salt dissolves in water, but peppers don't actually dissolve in water. Peppers dissolve in oil because the peppers transmit their heat, the capsaicin, through oil. So you got to have an oil base for it. Charlie's looking at me like this is your, your way to, to – in any event. So – the original hot chicken in Nashville, the story is a woman's husband came in after a late night drinking with the boys, and she knew he was going to want something to eat, and she decided she would get him back. And so she made him a piece of fried chicken and made it as hot as possible. And to make it as hot as possible, she added the tobacco and the cayenne, or the tobacco, the Tabasco, sorry, and the cayenne and the like to the oil and added the chicken back after it was fried. And horror of horrors for her, her husband loved it, and they wound up opening a restaurant serving this hot chicken, and it just took off. And now there are a bunch of restaurants there, and you can go to Prince's, you can go to some of the other hot chicken places in Nashville. One that's kind of taken off that's not one of the, the traditional uh, black-owned businesses in Nashville is Hattie B's. is a group of white boys who decided they were going to open and the, do their own version of it, and people really loved it. They, they wound up, they could do it. They could make mac and cheese, for example. They had pimentos in the mac and cheese and stuff like that. It's actually really, really good. Hattie B's is fantastic. Uh, it has become a national institution, and unlike the others there, uh, David's and Prince's and a few others, they have franchised out Hattie B's. They're opening one here in Atlanta over near uh, Fox Brothers Barbecue, and it's not open yet, and they keep running into delays, bureaucratic delays and, and construction delays, and I'm ready for this place to be open in Atlanta. It is just Really, really good chicken. Every time I go to Nashville, in the middle of the night, because it's open late, in the middle of the night, I wind up going to Hattie B's, oftentimes by myself, because no one will go with me, and stand in line there, and it's always a line out the door, all day, all night, a line out the door, 
and it's so worth it. It is such good, good, I mean, hot, spicy, good chicken. And yes, we've been talking about what to eat after the show tonight, and fried chicken came up, and that reminded me, Hattie Peas is coming to Atlanta. And no, it's not open yet, and it needs to be open. I, I don't really need it, but I want it. It is 54 after the hour. Uh, You will not be surprised to learn that many of the Democrats who were just yesterday demanding the president keep families together in these detainment facilities are now out attacking President Trump for rounding up whole families and throwing them in jail. Nope. See, this is a problem for the Democrats now. And it's this. The president has caved to them, and the president has restored an old policy. He's still going to do zero enforcement, so there's still going to be detainments. Because they're going to be detainments, families are going to be kept together. And guess what? It turns out that a large number of Americans, not not quite 50%, but very close to 50%, 48% of Americans actually support prosecuting people for entering illegally into the United States of America. It does not help the Democrats, even though they think it does. Because remember, Democrats live in bubbles much more so than Republicans or conservatives. I can't go a day without encountering a liberal, but a liberal in San Francisco can go the entire month without ever encountering a conservative, knowingly or otherwise. And so all of their friends believe it should not be a crime. Everyone should be allowed to come here, open borders for all. Most Americans are not actually open borders. Most Americans believe that you should have a path to legalization as a citizen in the United States and don't support just crossing the border without us knowing that you're coming into the country. And the Democrats are already beginning to overplay their hands on this issue. They're already beginning to come out and attack the president and say, we we can't allow him to prosecute these people. The Democrats don't want it to be a crime to come into the United States illegally. And that's a problem. Y'all, I'm squishier than a lot of y'all when it comes to illegal immigration. I am. I know it. You know it. I don't want open borders. I want people prosecuted if they come here illegally. Most Americans intuitively understand that it means something to be an American. We are not like the other countries. We are not like the failing, craptacular festival of a failed country that Mexico is becoming. We're actually an awesome country. We're actually the United States of America. And... Americans intuitively understand this, unless you're a liberal Democrat. Then you think we're just like everyone else, and you think anybody should be able to come here, and it doesn't matter, and they should have the right to vote. That's not going to go over well with the American people, much like the Democrats overplaying their hands on guns. Did you know that the the Parkland High School student gun activists, they don't want you to shoot fireworks on the 4th of July now because of uh, anti-gun nonsense? I mean, everybody wants to shoot fireworks. I mean, these people, they're to the left of common sense, and that's a problem for them in the elections. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.